Here's what's coming up on this week's show. My starting point for the content around a blog would always be what is it that you're selling and what is it you want to promote and write about that. The Beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Manford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. Before we get into this week's topic, don't forget if you're new to the show or if you've listened to a few, hi, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you get future episodes directly into your phone. And if you could leave us a review too, that would be fantastic because it helps to big us up in podcast land. So lovely Claire, uh, we are now at the um, beginning of March, end of February, and we're getting to a point now where we can see the light at the end of the tunnel in the UK and uh, the uh, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has promised that by June time, we might actually be able to touch people. <laughs> not, in a, not in a pervy way. That made me laugh. Um, yes, uh, hugs. I just want hugs. I just want to be able to give somebody, a, not somebody, like just random no. person, but yeah, I just want to give people a cuddle because it's, it's strange because I was thinking to myself, wow, you know, when we can have two people, um, you know, or six people together outside or indoors, it made me feel like almost a little bit panicky because it's been a year. It's been a long time. Um, and I do think there's going to be some adjustments, you know, some adjustments to be made. Um, but when we can hug, I, I'm just going to find the nearest person. I think my, I better warn my neighbour. I think <laughs> I think it could go one of two ways. I mean, it, it could be that people are being cautious and measured and kind of creeping out of hibernation or it could go the other way where people start running in the streets naked <laughs> yeah, could, be. could be but i actually did say to, to to john yesterday actually i said if they do say that you can have gatherings in june moving forward you know which aren't socially distanced and you don't have to wear a mask i'm not even sure if i'd be comfortable to do that yeah do you know what i mean like, i'd be i feel i would still be saying oh can't get too close or you know, still wearing the mask, but you know, it's an adjustment at the end of the day. But the main thing is, we're going in the right direction. I think I think we'll all get back to normal at some point, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of trepidation at the beginning. And I know you and I have talked about uh, what happens in June because the first of June, we'd have been doing this podcast for a year by then, uh, and we're uh, we've already spoken about the idea of perhaps doing our first podcast in the same room and in a proper radio studio rather than doing them in our home offices from different locations. Fingers crossed. I'd be able to throw things at you and everything. It'd be great. Suddenly I don't <laughs> like the idea quite so much. It's not, it's not quite got the same appeal. Every week we like to invite someone on the show that can help us solve a problem uh, that can make your business grow more. So what's our subject this week? Our subject is how to write a blog. So this is a really interesting one um, because I know that a lot of people have been increasing their usage of you know, presenting their businesses online. So we felt that actually having this as a topic would be really, really useful. And we're going to be talking to Fiona McCausland. Yeah, Fiona's a content creator. She's a marketing strategist. She's worked for people like Time Out Magazine, The Telegraph and The Guardian. And she now writes digital content for lots of different people. And she knows her way around the blog world. This is the Big Little Business Show. So Fiona, I'd like to know what exactly is a blog? So I would say that a blog in its most basic sense, a blog is a piece of content that um, generally lives on somebody's web um, website. And the most useful type of blog is something that gives people information. Um, so it can be anything really. It can be journaling, it can give information, it can be a video, it can be writing. Um, 
But yeah, essentially it is a log. That's where the word comes from. It's a log and it lives on um, it lives online, so it lives on a website. So, I mean, you look at social media. I mean, I know blogs have been around for quite a long while, but you look at social media and you might think that it was all about the visual these days, but there is still really a place for blogs, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. And I would say, actually, the main reason why you as a small business would have a blog is really about the SEO. It's about the search engine optimization because um, whilst a lot of traffic is driven by video on, on websites, actually, if you want to make sure that your website is performing well and is you know returning high on Google searches, you need to have a blog and, you need, and that blog needs to be regular. We'll put a pin in that and come back to that because I want to ask and talk about keywords a little bit later on. Um, but we're obviously, we'd like to get into the nuts and bolts about writing blogs as well and I know Claire you got a question about that haven't you yeah I'm just wondering where to begin you know what types of things would you would you write about uh, maybe you could share an idea with us um, are there certain things that are better to write about or are there places or ways we can get our inspiration to write a blog yeah well I think about um, what works best for businesses think about what you do and what you want, that's where you need to start with. So before you kind of launch into actually doing any writing, you need to ask yourself, what do I want this blog to do? Do I want people to sign up for a service? Do I want to drive a particular service? Do I want to get more customers in general? Do I want to get awareness? And that will give you a lot of your ideas about where to start your blog from. Say that you are a business that sells screws. There's lots of them out there. You might um, pride yourself on having the best quality. They might not be the cheapest, but they're the best quality ones. So you want to make sure that everybody knows why you would want to buy better quality screws as opposed to cheaper screws. And that's what would that's that's what would dictate your content. When you're thinking about your blog, when you're setting up your blog, you're thinking about your why. What's my why as a company? Why and why do I want people to to read this? Why do I want people to read it? And what do I want them to do next? And those are the two things that really help you shape your content. That's really useful stuff, that. So um, let's talk about structure then next, Fiona, um, about writing. You're writing, I guess it's going to have a beginning, a middle and an end, this blog, hasn't it? Yeah, it definitely needs to have a, a beginning, a middle and an end. Um, I think as, a, as an easy type of blog to start with, don't think about writing your opinions too much, because I always think that and I've done this. I kind of suffer this t totally myself. I'm always kind of full of opinions. And I think, well, I'll write a blog about that. And I think there's a real art form for that. But I don't necessarily think that um, a blog is a place for it. The one thing that works incredibly well, particularly for um, businesses, is how to, is to guide. Mm. Tell people how to do something. If you think about it, I was thinking about this um, the other day when I was thinking about the, the best sorts of blogs and so on. You know, when you go to somewhere like Liverpool Street, back in the old days when you could, when, you know, we travelled around, um, you know, you go to Liverpool Street Station and there are people handing out free samples of things, something you would never try and you try and you just think, oh, that's quite nice, I'll buy that again. That's what you want your blog to do. It's a free sample. So you are giving somebody a free nugget of information. They've searched it up. How do I do such and such? They come to you and then they think, oh, that's how I do that, but I don't actually want to do it myself. So I'll ask this person if they'll do it for me. And that is, you know, for me, that is the perfect way to use a blog. That's a really important and interesting thing you picked up on there is the whole how-to uh, subject because, um, I mean, that's how I use Google. I don't know about you, Claire. When I, yeah, if, I, if I need an answer or a solution, I need some help with something, go into Google, how do I do this? How does this happen? And I guess if you've got a blog that answers that question, then you're likely to come up in Google as my answer. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly it. 
because you have that and that's the other thing as well you, you stuff your blog with those um terms and then when people type in you know how do i write a blog hopefully you'll be the one of the ones that's um you know that's returned to them and then they'll come and i read it and the other thing as well that's important to remember is that google actually loves those sorts of list listy type articles they're really really popular so already you're pushing yourself higher up the rankings just because you're creating the type of content that google is likely to prioritize and and it's easy as well actually i just think if you if you're writing about what you know you're you know you're always on to a winner aren't you um, you know, whatever your business is, there are certain core things that you know how to do. And the other thing actually on that in, in a sort of same vein is, um, I don't know about you, uh, Paul and you, Claire, but there are certain things that people always ask me how to do in my mm. profession. And I think, well, if I just have it on my website, I can just send them the link. Then I don't have to spend that half an hour talking them through that. They can read it in their own time and then they can come to me and then we can talk about how I'm going to provide an additional service or, you know, or something else. So you're, you're using it to be a time saver as well, as well as it being part of your, um, your PR and, um, and marketing strategy. Having to repeat the same answers over and over again can get really tiresome. So if you can give them a short answer and send them to your website, yeah. then A, they get the answer in more detail and B, they get to look at your website, which I guess is a plus two. Yeah, exactly. What about how we put the, the, the whole thing together, kind of almost in a traditional sort of uh, writing an article sense? Because I know your background is in uh, print media. So if we're putting an article together, I guess it needs to have some sort of a paragraph to explain what's going to happen next and then some content in the middle and then perhaps a call to action or some kind of wrap up at the end does it still need that kind of structure it um i would say it does to a degree but actually i would say um what you need to remember on a website is that a lot of people just scan for information so they don't tend to read through unless they unless they've come to um a news site for example but even then people will scan and there's loads and loads of different um kind of tech platforms that will track people's eye movements on sites to see exactly how they are just, you know, sort of using the information. Wow, that's a bit scary. It is, it's, well, honestly. <laughs> well, the, the market research company that I that I used to work for, so there's loads of AI um, gadgets and apps and, you know, and platforms and so on to look at that. And, and the information that you can take from how people use websites is absolutely astonishing. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. There's a very good book that I would recommend called um, "Hello World: How to Be Human in a in a I think it's How to Be Human in a Digital Age" by um, an author called Hannah Fry, where she talks a lot about algorithms and how they're used. And some of their uses are fantastic, and some of their uses are uh, a bit more nefarious. But it's fun, fascinating read in this area. Um, so the structure have an introduction, so maybe two or three sentences introducing what you're going to be talking about, and then make sure you don't have more than two paragraphs before you have a subheading so that people can, can scan down. And keep your subheadings pretty prosaic and basic. Um, the days of kind of, you know, the sort of funny sun headlines of years ago, they don't really work so much on a, on a website. Um, you're talking about Freddie Star ate my hamster, aren't you? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> that sort of stuff. You know, and, the, and, the, and the, I, I loved them, you know, I think they're great. And they, they're, they're still good when you see them. Um, they're so witty and, you know, yeah, they can be very eye-catching. But actually on a website, you just need to tell people what you're going to give them. Um, because again, it's this SEO, it works on the algorithm um, search, but also it just lets people know where to look to find that information. Keep your sentences very short. Don't use lots of sub-clauses. 
uh, it reads better. It's again, all of this sort of stuff is stuff that Google picks up, the algorithm picks up. If you write well for the web, your blogs will be prioritized, get higher up the ratings and so on. Talking about how um, how Google understands what you're searching for, um, I suppose now's the time for me to confess that I actually asked Google for a maths answer for my daughter's homework the other day. So um, no <laughs> doubt I'll be getting some posts through about how to learn how to do basic maths. Um, <laughs> what about a title? Would you suggest a, a, a certain way to do a title that's going to be catchy, that's going to give enough for the reader to actually want to read more? Yeah, definitely. With your title, make sure that you have, um, you know, the main subject is reflected um, in the, you know, in the title. Just fairly basic, you know, if it's a, a how to, how to change a Hoover bag or, you know, whatever. Um, just say that in the title. I know what kind of things you've been doing in lockdown, Fiona. We've talked about screws and changing Hoover bags so far. <laughs> getting things sorted out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. Yeah, I think you just need to... To keep things as simple as possible and as obvious as possible. I'm, I'm thinking very much in terms of having a business and getting your message out there and getting your products and your services out there. My starting point for the content around a blog would always be what is it that you're selling and what is it you want to promote and write about that. And, and then the other thing is as well, it becomes so much less overwhelming because I think a lot of people can get really overwhelmed with the idea of oh, I've got to have a blog and it, I, you know I fully endorse that so I think it's very very useful for all the reasons that you know I've said about um, getting you higher up the ratings and so on and getting your your message out there and also it gives you giving you content means that you've got something to say on social media let's say you can do a blog fortnightly and then you can promote it you know two or three times so that's given you four posts that you can put up in you know when you're kind of planning a social media calendar and strategy for yourself you know it just becomes part of this whole process of constantly making sure that you're that you've got um a presence online yeah I mean I, I for one actually now listening to you Fiona I've looked at a blog as a separate piece I think a little bit too much like a separate piece of work um, and thought is something to add on, but actually listening to you have quite a few um, elements of your of your social media marketing by doing that because of course you can duplicate it and then as you say signpost people to the place which you want them to be to see more about what you do like your website. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it just it just becomes quite um, and then all of that the whole of the of your kind of social media and your, and your marketing and your strategy it just it just becomes so much less arduous just from writing a blog. And that's, um, I think that's what, where I was going when I, when I was talking about people getting overwhelmed, this idea of I've got to write this blog or what am I going to say and trying to think up. Yeah, it's, it's this idea of trying to think up the ideas, but you've already got the ideas because you're an expert in your field. It's just putting out what you're an expert on. It's just like sitting down, brainstorming 12 things that you know you know really well that you're good at. Boom, a year's worth of blogs. And I guess as well, if you're careful about how you write it and make it a bit timeless then you can recycle it yeah definitely definitely and and that's something that's actually really important with um with your blog is is when you recycle it is actually going back in and refreshing it Mm. the other thing about um google algorithm and it changes the whole time the way that that the algorithm works it prioritizes again one of the things that that's um it prioritizes are websites with fresh content so you, you this is why it's important to post regularly you can do it if you can do it fortnightly it's better but a post a new post every month 12 a year absolutely fine um and then if when you get to the end of it yeah you can repost it you can you can re 
post it again as a new blog and make sure that you've changed a few of those paragraphs, updated it and so on. And it's good to go. I love that uh, 12, 12 ideas as well, because actually yeah. that doesn't sound so bad rather than having to sit down and think about things. But also, I guess, if you're going to be doing it across 12, 12 months, you could actually maybe even take your potential clients through the journey of what you have to offer across those 12 months so they can almost follow one, one from the other maybe or not? Yeah, definitely. You could have a series that runs fortnightly as well as your monthly blog, or you can just have that, you know, running as a series. I think that's a really nice idea, actually, that you're taking your customers on that journey with you and giving them a reason to come back. And then, you know, and then it's something that they might look for when they're on, you know, when they're kind of following you on social media. And also it gives you content for a newsletter as well, which is another really, really good way to keep in contact with people. I think newsletters are one of the most underrated um, tools in uh, in kind of modern marketing strategy. People do use them, but I think people are very much focused on, oh, you know, I need to be kind of like out there every day on Twitter, I need to be on Instagram. It's important as well. But actually a newsletter, you've got a captive audience because they've given you permission to talk to them. You know, and if you're, if you're just sending them uh, a newsletter a month that's just got your blog and maybe a couple of other things that you've seen online that you like or new products and a service. Um, again, you know, pretty easy content to get out. Something that I often bump into when I'm talking to people in my video marketing world is um, about images and about which images to use and to make sure that you're not using copywritten content. So I know images are quite good in blog content because they help to break it up and they're a nice visual element. Uh, so do you think you need them? And where do you think you should get them from? I definitely think you need them. I think it, yeah, I, I think a blog just becomes so much more appealing with um, with a picture, even if it's just one picture at the top. Um, I think I think use them. There's a couple of sites um, that you can get free images from. Um, Unsplash is very good. And um, when you when you choose a picture from there, it gives you um, the link of the person who's created it. So even though the content's free, you can just put that on your website and just say image by, you know, XYZ um, from Unsplash. And it's just a nice way to make sure that, that person gets a shout out. And um, and there's a few more as well that, um, that are good to use. You can just do a search for them. You know, I wrote a blog, for example, I was writing a blog about... Um, about semiotics which is like a fairly abstract concept but in it I referenced um, an advert that there was around years ago of uh, a polar bear standing on um, a type of mint and then for the advert for you know for the image that I looked at I just chose a polar bear you know there's loads of Im images of polar bears in the image library that I was looking at and it's those sorts of things so you can be quite lateral so if you just go out and, and also you can just have a picture that's not necessarily related. I just think no, any picture is better than no picture. So if you just go out and take a whole load of nature shots and you happen to be writing your blog in, um, in springtime and you really, really can't find something, a picture that you feel relates to the content, just have, you know, just have some spring flowers. It's a picture. It's visual. It's exciting. You know, it draws people in. I was just thinking, I hope it wasn't the polar bear that you saw around the corner. <laughs> a bit worried. Where do you live? I'm guessing as well that if you know what your keywords are, then perhaps you could use that as inspiration for some images too. And that's that's sometimes what I do. So if I'm writing a blog about, I don't know, about um, about using video for um, polar bears, for argument's sake, uh, I might go on uh, to one of the uh, stock image sites and search for some of the keywords that I'm using within that content and then find something that's appropriate. Yeah, exactly. Polar bears are having a good outing today, aren't they? Especially They're doing yeah. well, aren't they? We love a polar bear here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you, you can use your... Um, 
your key words as um, as inspiration. And um, the other thing that you can do as well, and this is getting quite technical with them, when you upload it into your into your back end of your website, assuming that's where you're housing your blog, you change the name of the image. You know, it gives you an option. It, it usually gets it um, imported with a series of numbers, doesn't it? And, you know, .jpg or whatever the, the um, attachment is. You change that to your keyword, and that is another way of making sure that you're hitting. Oh, I like mm -hmm. that. I did not know that. That's a great little tip. Yeah. So all those little things are just pushing your website higher and higher up, as well as meaning that you've got this content that you're going to use to talk directly to people who you know know you already. You know, you're just increasing your chances of um, of getting those people who are just, you know, who are doing um, searches for your area in your area of service or product. Well, valuable stuff so far. Claire, I hope you're going to be writing all this down and starting to write blogs from like <laughs> the sort of this afternoon, yeah. perhaps. Do you know what? I, I genuinely mean this. I, Paul knows I've been shying away from blogs a bit, to be honest. I, I, I'm getting it. I'm, I'm getting it. But I'm actually really quite excited about it. I'm I, it's made it much clearer, so much clearer to me. Um, and I'm sure that many people will feel, you know, much more ready and a better place to actually start. So I think it's one of those things when you start something and you get used to it, you get a bit of momentum. It's much easier but it's the starting bit you mentioned earlier about uh i believe it was two paragraphs um before you then put the next sub heading but is there a rule as to how long a blog should be um maybe in words or or paragraphs could it be too long for example um it's actually too short is the metric to look for so aim for at least 500 words okay yeah so i would say an ideal blog is between about i i like to make them between about 500 and 900 words you can make them longer. I just think that people tend to, uh, you know, kind of go off the boil. If they're pre presented with something that's 1,500 words and they've just come to pick up some information, do you know what I mean? Those people who are looking, who have just put in, how do I do such and such? They probably aren't going to spend 1,500 words worth of time on your site, but they will definitely be there for 500, which you need, again, for the um, algorithm. They'll be there for those 500 to 800, 900 words. And that gives you enough to play with, um, really, and it stops you. Also, what I think it does, it stops you waffling. So um, I think we need to go back and just sort of touch on a lot of these phrases that we've um, mentioned so far. Um, but certainly for people who don't know a lot about this stuff, we're mentioning things like keywords and algorithms and uh, search engine optimization or SEO. And all those things are really important for blog writers, aren't they? So let's explain sort of what they are and how they work and, and why we need to be paying attention. Okay. I mean, the first thing I would say about all of them is I wouldn't want anyone to feel overwhelmed or put off and just sort of think oh all these terms are reasons why I don't want to do this and I don't want to get involved because actually you know write write your blog and just put it up and you've done a good thing mm. anyway good point you can do these other things as well even better but just getting your blog up that is the main thing so don't panic if you really just feel that this is just something you can't deal with it will come to you anyway but to start with the algorithm so I, don't, I can't really give you a technical term. Well, I could, but uh, it would involve polar bears. And um, I think, you know, put those... <laughs> Go with it. I mean, you know, we've normally when we have a, a little um, shot of our guest uh, on our social media platforms, I think it should be <laughs> a polar bear. <laughs> yeah, you're going to send one in of me with a polar bear. If it takes me the rest of the day to find one, or one I will be doing that. Um, yeah, well, the algorithm, I've, I'm, I hesitate to give you a very technical uh, definition because I think I would get it wrong. But for me, and in terms of the blog, um, 
what it means is Google, which is the search engine that most people use, it has it has a way of prioritizing content. So there are thousands and thousands and thousands of bits of content and video and articles and so on. When you put in how how do I write a blog? There are so many different ones that it could give you. So it needs to have a system to prioritizing which ones it will give you first. And some of the ways that it does that are ones that lots of people have already looked at, ones that are new, so have been written in the last few, few months, ones that are on sites that get a lot of traffic, that get a lot of people visiting those websites. And that all comprises the algorithm. So when I've been talking about um, making sure that you're sort of pleasing that algorithm, getting, giving reasons for the algorithm to choose you. It's all those sorts of things. It's just thinking about those. Um, so that kind of leads quite nicely into keywords and search engine optimization. And keywords, the algorithm just uses, it just does a search. So um, the uh, artificial intelligence just kind of does a sweep of the website and looks for words that it knows other people are searching for. So if you write a, you know, a blog about how to write a blog, it would look for those words like blog, how to write a blog, content, content marketing. And you have to be careful not to overuse them because it will consider that to be spammy, essentially. I guess ultimately you want it. I mean, ultimately it's, it's got to make sense, isn't it? And it's got to, got to read nice. But if you can slip an extra couple of blogs in there somewhere, then all the better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so search engine. Search engine is Google. Optimization is making sure that your blog is optimized for that search engine to do that thing, that searching through your blog uh, and making sure that um, it's one of the ones that gets prioritized. So again, it's using the keywords really. It's using the keywords, it's doing things like changing the um, the numbers on the picture to, um, to a keyword. It says that there's other little tricks like that that you can do that, um, that just make sure that you're, um, it's optimized for uh, for search engines. What about comments? So uh, you can turn comments on or off for blog posts, can't you? Now, uh, is it a good thing to keep them on? Or, uh, I mean, I've done it in the past and end up with all kinds of sort of spammy yeah. sort of bots answering and stuff, and they just got on my nerves, so I turned comments off. So what do you think on this? I agree. I tend to turn them off for exactly that reason. And another reason as well is that if you've got them on there, um, it means that you have to make sure that your main it gives you an extra layer of maintenance to do that you need to be going on there and checking them to make sure that you are deleting the spammy ones or if someone's got an additional query um you know kind of answering them it just it just feels like it's an extra piece of work for me i kind of like to have to write the blog leave it with no comments on there and then just make sure that i'm managing my social media so if people want to ask me questions about it or i've got you know interesting comments to make about it um that that's where I'm holding those conversations. And then you've got that visibility as well, because if someone's going to come to you and say that they really like what you've written and, you know, ask some additional questions, you want to make sure everyone can see it. So do it on LinkedIn or do it on Facebook, do it on Twitter. There's no real um, sort of value from an SEO's perspective to have comments on, for instance. No, and actually some of them um, do you a disadvantage. There's a, there's a plugin that you can get that allows people to comment through their Facebook, which I don't actually, I haven't seen it used for quite a long time. So, but I mean, that actually used to actively push you down the rating. So we've talked about writing a blog from our own point of view um, to showcase what it is that we do. What are your thoughts with blogging as a guest um, for someone else? Um, or maybe even inviting others to, to write a blog for you? 
Would that be a good approach or do you think it's better to keep it unique to yourself? No, definitely. I think partnership is is brilliant. I mean, it, you know, I think it's a really nice way to, you know, to collaborate with another, you know, with another business or another person who you, you know, if your services or products complement each other, definitely do it. And also, it's just, I think it's nice to have a different voice. It just freshens things up. So, so do you have any um, great blogs, Fiona, that you've maybe read? For me, I'm thinking, and people that are listening who haven't done blogs, might be an idea to start reading more of them to get a feel for what other people are writing. Is there any ones that stick out in your mind? Um, feel free to pick one of your own, Fiona. <laughs> yeah, there's um, <laughs> yeah. The, a blog that I wrote for um, a company, a market research company called Quadrangle, who I, um, who I worked with last year. I did a blog on um, how to market to over 50s and why the over 50s as a sector were really important. And that did really well. And um, I felt I felt that that was like a really best case practice because it was very it was it was quite targeted. It was very specific, and it had some definite actions that people who worked in market research or brands could take to make sure that they were actually addressing this demographic that gets a bit forgotten. It was a really in it was something that was really interesting for the sector to read about, and not very many people had written about it, so there weren't that many blogs. Um, to to find on it if people were going to do a search for it yeah love that and if could you share that link uh with us after with fiona because we have a page for every a blog page funnily enough for every uh episode on our website and uh, we'll put a link up yes definitely which leads me nicely on to a question which i hadn't written down but this is a really good one and i guess this is another thing that blogs like and seo likes is if you have links on your page yes definitely yes that is a very good point. Um, making sure that each of your blogs has um, a few links, not just to external websites, but also to your own website. That is really important. So to other pages on your own website. And that does two things. One, it pushes you up the ratings again, but also it keeps people on your website. It keeps people, the longer people are on your website for, the better the chances are that they're going to use your services or buy your products. Um, so you want to keep moving them around your website. Ideally, sort of in a sales funnel way towards, you know, towards a particular product. But just generally keeping them on your website is, um, you know, is uh, a good way to make yourself indispensable to them. But also having those external links as well is um, is important. I feel like we've really covered a lot of ground here, Fiona, some really important information and some really easy to digest information for people who perhaps haven't, haven't even thought about blogging before or have maybe shied away from it because they're a bit nervous of it. Uh, and we've had a great book recommendation and we've discussed polar bears quite a bit. Which isn't, <laughs> oh, there's nothing yeah, wrong with that. that. Yeah, everybody loves a polar bear. Uh, obviously, until they eat you, then not so nice then. So before we wrap up and uh, and go on to our final questions, can we have like maybe a slight recap and maybe three sort of must-haves, sort of essential things that we should do in order to make sure that we write a blog that's going to get noticed yeah i would say so take it from the top again ask yourself what it is you want to achieve with your blog do you want to promote a new service do you want to promote an underperforming service do you want to um increase the amount of people who know uh about which services you do so that's going to be your call to action that's why you're going to want that's the action you want people to take next and um, and then you need to think about your content. So what is it you do really, really well? And ideally, you're going to have six or 12 things that you do really, really well. You'll write them down and that will give you your content calendar. 
Um, and then when you start writing your blog, uh, just make it as easy as possible. Set the bar as low as possible for yourself. Just write a list of all those things that you do really well. Do it step by step. Um, and then you've got like a great how-to article. Um, and if it's uh, a slightly different sort of written through piece, just make sure that you're writing something that's between 500 to 900 words broken down into small chunks with a really clear subheading and about two paragraphs underneath. And you've... Um, You've thought about your keywords, those words that you think people are going to search for when they're looking for that service or product or problem that you're solving for them and make sure that you've put those into your piece in a nice, uh, stylish way as possible, not just kind of slap them all over the page. Um, yeah. And then you've got you've got a pretty successful blog. Okay, at the end of every show, we like to ask a set of questions which are completely unrelated to business, um, inspired by Inside the Actors Studio. So are you ready for your questions, Fiona? I am. I am. I am ready for my questions. I kind of forgot about them. <laughs> and then just before I came on, I was like, oh, my God, those questions are going to ask me at the end. And I sort of quickly revisited <laughs> them. Uh, so, yeah, so I've, um, I haven't done loads of uh, planning, but I know kind of what I'm going to say. No, but that's better. It's much more fun this yeah. way. Yeah, God, yeah, definitely. Well, we're almost thinking about we might because I mean let's let's do a bit of a spoiler here. We do set our guests up with these questions ahead of time so they can think of some answers. But maybe it might be better not to do that. Yeah, at all. Yeah, then it has to be quick fire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay um, what is your favourite smell? So my favourite smell is citrus. There's two things actually: citrus fruit. I love. You know when you just like break into a satsuma. That smell, oh, it's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. You almost don't need to eat it, just that the smell is just really reviving. But also, if I was going to say one smell, kind of fruit as well, but mango, I absolutely love mangoes. And eating mangoes in a hot country, oh, that is the dream. That is the absolute dream. So mango in the sunshine. Even just eating mangoes um, in the living room in your slippers and pyjamas makes you feel <laughs> like you're in a hot country, doesn't it? It's not that, Paul. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> No, on oh, your own. There's no hot sun. I think Caribbean. <laughs> I was just about to say that, Fiona. Caribbean, definitely, with uh, the waves lashing against the shore, not not in front of the fire with the central heat. Yeah, I yeah. mean, given given a choice, I want to be eating it on a beach. But uh, yeah, if I have to be eating it in pajamas and slippers, I'll still love a mango. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? God, so many, just so many. There are ones that sort of. Um, feel like a slightly possible ones. Like I'd love to do interior design and I've always been really quite interested in herbal medicine and, you know, and sort of doing like a proper course in that. But if I was just going to go for something that is very unlikely to happen, I think it would have to be um, something to do with going down to the bottom of the sea. Oh, yeah, like deep sea diver. That's a great one. Yeah, like not a diver. That scares me. But being inside some sort of encasement, like going down in the submarine, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I have done, I did do a diving course years ago when I was in um, uh, this little island called Utila off Honduras. So, yeah, so if I, I do want to go down to the bottom sea and explore, but definitely in some sort of submarine type uh, encasement. So. Is that where all the creatures are that glow, isn't it? Right at the depth of the ocean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's that really ugly fish with? Like, looks like he's got a, a miner's lamp on? Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Anglerfish. 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 Yeah. That's him, yeah. That's yeah. the fella. 
Have you seen that TV? Uh, that, I think it might be on Netflix. There's a thing with a guy who makes a, a builds up a relationship with an octopus. Oh, I saw that. Oh, that was really heartbreaking, wasn't it? It was amazing, though. Really, really good. Really? Have you seen that, Claire? Oh, you don't watch films, do you? <laughs> Is this another one I need to add to the list? Are you telling me there's a film? I can't remember what it's called. Fiona, can you remember what it's called? Isn't it called something like My Friend the Octopus? Or something like that. It's, 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 it's essentially it's a nature documentary. It's a true story, and it's this guy, it's, it's, it's his, like, video diary. To be honest with you, I've never, I've never really sat there and thought, I know what I'll do today. I'll watch... A, a film about a man who's made friends with an octopus. Would you know? No, I mean I'm, I'm with you on that, but uh, but yeah, I saw it and I thought, wow, this looks a little bit interesting because it's a bit of an unusual slant. It's not, you know, it's not not your David Attenborough. It's basically about this guy who go, starts doing uh, scuba diving just outside his house because he lives lives by the sea, and he bumps into. Well, I say bumps into. He finds this octopus and he goes decides he's going to go down every single day for a, about a year, I think it was, I can't remember, and see if he can find this opt- octopus time and time again. And over time, the octopus learned to trust him and they built up a kind of a relationship. That's cool. Okay. Oh, it's, it, it, is, it is a real touching story. I won't yeah, spoil the end, but it, you go and have a look. I mean, they don't, they don't get into bed or anything, <laughs> nothing like that happens. But He doesn't put the octopus in a really small box because I know they can make themselves really small, can't they? Get in and out of really small places. Yeah, they can. They crevices under, you know, in, in sort of um, rock formations and so on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, OK. OK, back onto it. Uh, so if um, heaven exists, what would you like God to say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well, um, this is one that I gave some thought to actually because I'm not I'm I'm not really a religious person. I thought, okay, hey, let's go with God exists. And I thought I think that God would be a bit like Maya Angelou. Actually, I could just imagine this kind of like all wise, uh, very stately elderly woman who's just full of yeah, full of wisdom. So um, I would I would really love uh, some sort of Maya Angelou or Maya Angelou esque. God figure to just give me the first lines of her of her poem which is still I rise and I'm going to share that with you now because it's such an amazing poem and it's you may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies you may trod me in the very dirt but still like dust I'll rise and that would be an amazing thing to hear that's, like, that's I love a, that. oh that is really good that's kind of that's kind of maybe go a little bit goosebumpy actually I'll put it in um I'll email it over you can put it on the link on the website because it's amazing it's an amazing poem oh fantastic yeah thank you very much uh so uh, some really great information uh we've learned an awful lot and we hope a lot of people have got some value from it and if they're not making blogs already they should start and if they are then perhaps it'll help them to improve things and move things on a level so if people want to find out a little bit more about what you do maybe get in touch with you maybe ask you some questions or yeah get a little bit more advice where can people find you please do please come and find me um you can find me on my website or on twitter or on instagram and it's all my name uh, which is fiona mccausland and obviously the links will be on um the website but fiona is spelled the usual way and mccausland is m-c-a-u-s sugar L-A-N for November. And um, I'd love to hear your questions. This is The Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. I don't know about you, but I really now appreciate the benefits a blog can have on your business and, uh, you know, to form part of your marketing strategy as well. 
so much content in there and I'm actually really looking forward to writing my next blog I generally am so uh, yeah Fiona's definitely uh, lighted some fire in my belly for blog writing which I never thought I would say <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's it's really easy to think that blogs because they've been around for a long while are a bit old hat now and maybe we should be focusing on Instagram or TikTok or Clubhouse or whatever it might be at the moment but there's definitely massive value in uh, writing blogs and having blogs on your website not just because it gives people content to read and gives people an opportunity to learn a little bit more about you but uh, from the search perspective as well and making sure that um, you're visible in Google and all the other platforms where people come and find you. Yeah, brilliant tool for signposting um, and call to actions as well and actually really making those other marketing strategies that you have really work for you by enhancing it by, by writing a blog. So it's brilliant. So thank you very much to Fiona for loads of great information uh, and we hope you've learned a little bit from it and maybe you're able to start a blog from scratch or take it to the next level if you're already doing one. And if it's inspired you to write some blog content, send it to us. We'd like to have a look uh, and see what you're doing. And you can do that by finding us on all the different channels we're on. And I'll let you know about those in a minute. But we like to finish off every episode by talking about a company or someone who's been listening to the podcast or has picked us up on social media on all the different places where we live. Uh, so who are we talking about this week? So this week, I'd like to give a shout out to Sarah Travers from Ajax Wealth Management Limited. So I'm looking her up now. what they do is they support people to basically financially plan for their future to ensure that all of their finances are working um, in the best possible way for them, uh, working with professionals and families alike as well. And Sarah can be found at on her website, which is Ajax, A-J-A-X Wealth. Co.uk. I tell you what, she does all the things that scare me. Me too. Oh, got investment planning, business planning, and mm -hmm. retirement planning. Three types of planning I really don't want to be thinking about, especially the last one. Well, you're a bit closer to the last one than I am. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. I, you couldn't resist it, could you? Oh, I just sorry, it just come out. <laughs> yeah, always like to get an age jab, yeah. jab in there somewhere if you possibly can. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I did have that little moment. It was a split second of don't say it. You know, that little internal voice, but sorry, it wasn't it, strong it, it enough this time. exploded forth from your mouth, didn't it? You couldn't stop yourself. Yes, yeah, true. Uh, go and check her out at ajaxwealth.co.uk. And thank you very much to Fiona for all that great information. And don't forget, if you write a blog, share it with us. Come and find us on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, uh, or wherever else we live. We're on Clubhouse 2 once a week in the big little business room. If you come and find us on social media, uh, we'll let you know exactly when we're going live on there. And you can come and have a chinwag with us. And don't forget, whatever platform you're listening to us on, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you get all the future episodes directly into your phone device advice and leave us a review too it helps to big us up in podcast land thank you very much for listening and say goodbye claire bye-bye you've been listening to the big little business show with paul mumford and claire horsley you can subscribe to get the latest episodes via itunes spotify tune in and everywhere you find your favorite podcasts come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on facebook too just search for Big Little Business Show. The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel Networking production.